listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. This is the post-game show for the New York Knicks versus the Memphis Grizzlies game. The Knicks lost this game 123-127 to to the Memphis Grizzlies. The game was close throughout, I would say. But after halftime, when they went into the third quarter, I would say that that's where this game just flew wide open. The Memphis Grizzlies scored 39 points in that third quarter. Ja Morant more or less went off in that third quarter. And the Memphis Grizzlies had open threes in that third quarter. They passed the ball. The Knicks were late with defense a lot and they blew that third quarter open. And if you take a look at the entire game and how we played that game, you can basically see that the reason that we lost that game is because of the collapse of the third quarter that we have. Now, it wasn't one of those classic collapse that the Knicks usually have where we score 15 to 20 points and allow 40 points to be scored. But even though we scored 31 points in the third, we still allowed the Grizzlies to score 39 points in that third. And if you look at it, if that didn't happen and we were a little bit more focused and controlled in the third, we absolutely could have made this game closer than it was and potentially got the win. However, you know, it was a close game. Uh, We didn't get the win. It was fun to watch. Uh, A lot of good defense that I saw from the Knicks in that first half. I would say the second half, the Knicks were a little lackluster on defense in, thir- in the third, especially, and somewhat in the fourth, although they got better in the fourth. Uh, but I would say that their defense in the first half was miles better than the defense that I saw in the second half from the New York Knicks. It just wasn't the Knicks team defense that I expected to see, given the first half that I witnessed from the New York Knicks. Now, uh, there are a couple of things that also affected the Knicks. They couldn't make a three to save their life when they needed to. They started hitting a lot of threes late in that fourth quarter, especially. But, you know, the first half, I believe they were three for 14 or or something like that from three. And then in the second half, again, they turned it up and they were about maybe six of 16 or 14 from three. Overall, the New York Knicks shot 33% from three. 10 out of 30 threes is what they made. Comparison, the Grizzlies shot 32 threes and made 12 of them for uh, 38%. Not that much of a difference, and the Grizzlies are not a huge three-point shooting team. However, when they do shoot the three, they'll likely make the three because they're likely going to have an open look because they're playing the Knicks, who allow the most opposing threes from an opponent. Whether they make it or not is regardless. The fact that we allow so many opponents to shoot the three open without any type of a challenge is a problem. 
And one of the main reasons that we lost the game against the Grizzlies was because we could not make a three, but we also can't defend the three. And the Grizzlies, who are not a great three-point shooting team, have the ability to get hot, especially if they're open. And the Knicks, unfortunately, leave a lot of teams open. That goes back to the three-point defense. That goes back to Tom Thibodeau. That's why a lot of my hate and finger-pointing has been at Tom Thibodeau, because you can point at the players all you want to. At the end of the day, we have some other key aspects that we're not doing great in. Three-point defense is one of the biggest aspects of that. I hate our three-point defense. I do not like it. I think it goes up and down game by game. I think overall it's not great. I think that goes back to Tom Thibodeau. And I think that if you could defend the three better, you'll have a better chance of staying in games. That's not the, that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to be able to knock down threes, especially if you're open. I get you're not going to knock down every three. I get that if somebody challenges you, you might not make that three. But if you're using ball movement or you maybe you just get lucky and you're open, you have to knock down those open threes because that's what's going to allow the defense to run towards you more. They're going to think of you as a threat and it's going to allow for the paint or other areas to be available and open, which will allow you as the player more options for you to move the ball to, to get the best shot for your team so you can get that basket and grow, hopefully, the lead that you have. That's what was missing. We just could not hit a three and could not defend the three. And the third quarter against the Grizzlies, you saw that. And that third quarter against the Grizzlies where we allowed 39 points, we do that almost every other game, especially against the teams that we shouldn't do it against because we have no business doing against them. If we let the Memphis Grizzlies score 39 points, the Grizzlies, a playoff caliber team, you're likely not going to win that game. You do that against the Cavs, you're not going to win that game. You do it against the Bucks, you're not going to win that game. Those teams are just too good. You have to come and play focused basketball for 48 minutes, no matter who's on that floor. You have to play defense, not only paint defense, but three-point defense, especially in a league that relies on the three-pointer way more than any other generation did beforehand. As a coach, you need to know these things. As a coach, you need to emphasize these things, and you need to understand that the players need to know it. And they need to incorporate it into their game that they display each and every night on that field. The Knicks had the best chance to win this game against a playoff team, Grizzlies. And we just could not close it out. It was a heartbreaker to watch. If you were watching the game live like I was, it was a heartbreaker because the Knicks had the lead going into that, got going into the fourth. But the Knicks had the lead in that fourth quarter after being down 12 but they just could not keep the lead because as soon as they got the lead, somebody from Memphis, a la John Morant, would go in and get a quick bucket and get the lead for their team. And the Knicks could not reciprocate that, could not give that back to them. We tried, and Jalen Brunson definitely did try, but he could only do so much. For me... This was a heartbreaker because the Knicks had this game, could have won this game, and lost this game 127 to 123. Just such a heartbreaker for a game that we could have won against a game playoff Grizzlies team that we definitely needed, especially at home.
and we just could not pull it out. And it's games like this that really get my blood boiling and and really get me upset. There were a few bright spots to the game. I won't go through each and every one of them, but I think I'd be remiss if I didn't go through our point guards role leadership and what he did in that floor against the Grizzlies. He played 36 minutes, had 30 points, five rebounds, nine assists on eight of 19 shooting, three of five from three, 11 of 12 from the free throw line, one steal, two turnovers, uh, had five personal fouls and was a negative one on the plus minus. That's your point guard. Jalen Brunson is your point guard. I loved what I saw from Jalen Brunson. I thought he had a phenomenal game. There are some things you can point at to his game that you may not like, whatever the case may be. I don't care. At the end of the day, Jalen Brunson today is by far the best Knicks player on the team. He is the most consistent Knicks player on the team. Should he pass more? Sure. Should he get more players involved early in the offense? Sure. But he reminds you of what the Knicks didn't have for so many years that we have now. Somebody that you can rely on. Somebody who, again, is your best player. Somebody who's consistent. Somebody who can get his shot whenever he wants. Goes in the paint and can do whatever he wants. A maestro in the paint, if you will. That's Jalen Brunson. And some people are still not happy. Some people still don't like his game. You know what? Fuck you, people. That's all I got to say to you if you don't like Jalen Brunson's game. Is it beautiful all the time? No. Is it perfect all the time? No. Is he a John Morant, Luka Doncic type of player? No. But he is one of the most solid elite point guards the Knicks have had at the position since I can remember. He's making a case to be an all-star this year, given how well he's shooting the mid-range shot. He's one of the leaders this year in shooting the mid-range. That's how good he's been. So don't get it twisted with Jalen Brunson. I thought Jalen Brunson played a phenomenal game. I would have still had Jalen Brunson shoot those shots that he took at the end of the game. Because he was open. And he was the one making all those shots beforehand. If you remember, if you saw the game, we were down. He made a tying three to get us back into the game. So would I not want him to take the final shot, given how hot he was, given what he's been doing all night? No, absolutely not. Of course I'd want Jalen Brunson taking that shot. He's your best player by far. He's been on for seemingly all night against the Grizzlies. Why not give him the final shot? Why not give Jalen Brunson the final shot, given everything that he's basically done for you during this Memphis game? I had no problem with it. He could have passed to Cam, who was, you know, open in the wing. He could have done that. And, you know, maybe Cam would have made that in because, you know, he was a key reason to getting us back into the game against the Grizzlies, hitting another clutch three. Similar to how he did in the first game he played against the Grizzlies. So that was a little ironic to say the least. But nonetheless, it didn't happen. Should it have happened? You can argue that all day. But like I said, I don't mind those last few shots, Brunson taking them. He's your best player. 
He was one of the reasons you were in that game. He was having a game himself. I have no problem with it at all. I thought he played phenomenal. The only one of the only bright spots this season has been Jalen Brunson. One of the reasons that I watch every Knicks game and think we have a chance to win it is because of Jalen Brunson. So I have no issues at all with him taking those shots. I'm happy he took them, actually. I thought he was open. They didn't go down. Um, but he wasn't the reason that we lost this game. So I don't want Nick fans to hone in on that and think that we missed those two shots at the end. It was Jalen Brunson's fault. That's why we didn't lose. That's why we lost this game. No. The game was as close as it was because the Knicks could not find a bucket from the three-point land when it mattered most. That's the reason this game was so close. You couldn't get Jalen Brunson really any consistent help this game. That's the reason this game was so close. Do not put this loss on Brunson. Put this loss on the team. More importantly, put this loss on Coach Tom Thibodeau because in my opinion, Coach Tom Thibodeau deserves all of the blame here or at least most of it he's late to make adjustments when he does make adjustments he sticks with the losing adjustments for too long before fixing that adjustment by adding somebody else in he's called a defensive-minded coach he can only defend the paint can't defend the three-point line have no idea how that's possible I don't know how you can be called a defensive-minded coach when you can only defend the paint and not the three-point line. That doesn't make sense to me. It's stupid, actually. Rotations, minutes, adjustments. All on Tom Thibodeau. For me, Thibs is the problem, and I've been saying it, and I'll continue to say it. He needs to go. And that's just a fact. Um, a couple of other bright spots uh, for this game. R.J. Barrett had a pretty good game. Uh, played 37 minutes at 22 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 9 of 18 shooting from the field, 2 of 6 from 3-point line. Um, I'd like him to be better at the 3-point line, but again, he made a couple of shots from there. And he was a negative 8 for the plus-minus area. So again, um, R.J. Barrett overall this season has not been great has not looked great and has been a disappointment and if you go back and listen to my episodes I've gone in on RJ Barrett basically on each and every post game show and each and every episode because there's not really been a lot of good things to say about him he, that's how bad he's been I will say that he's been sick the last couple of games he has slow starts to the season a lot of the time it's not an excuse it's just to be said that that's what he goes through. I don't like that one of the cornerstone pieces of our franchise in RJ Barrett takes so long to get ready and has all of these slow starts happen to him each and every season. It's just not something that you want to associate yourself with a cornerstone piece. Just doesn't make sense to me. But even with that, this has been his worst season by far. Everything, including the numbers, will back you up on that. It's been one of his worst seasons to date, even with the slow start. So I think that's what has some Nick fans concerned. I am happy to say that the last two games RJ has played, 
He looked pretty okay. His defense still is not great. It needs to be better. It looks like he's having a lot of Julius Randle type of defensive lapses where he's ball watching a lot or staying under screens and not fighting over screens. Doesn't do it a lot of the time, but he does it enough that I see it and he does it enough that it affects his game. Whether he's on offensively or not, his defense will wane. Now, usually if he's doing good on offense, his defense will usually be there. But we saw now that his offense is starting to come along, but his defense just not there at times. At least not as strong as it used to be a couple of years ago. Or even last year. So I don't like that I see that from R.J. Barrett. I would like him to be more consistent on both ends of the floor, defense and offense, because I think we need that from him if the Knicks are going to be competitive and win games consistently in this league. Because without an R.J. Barrett who's going to do that, it's going to be hard for the New York Knicks to win games consistently. Um, good stuff from R.J. yesterday in terms of his offense. I thought his defense was a little porous and could be better. Um, but he's making strides in his game. He's getting better, as I can see. And hopefully he takes all the positive things from his game that we've saw from the last couple of games and improves on those things moving forward and takes the bad stuff and gets better with them moving forward. That's my hope for R.J. Barrett. I still believe in R.J. Barrett, and I think he can do very, very good things for this Knicks team. Last play I want to talk about for the Knicks is our center, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson had 16 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 blocks on the night against the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, the rebounding is low. I'll give you that. I don't like that our starting center, who played 30-plus minutes, has only seven rebounds. Mitchell Robinson should be averaging easily a double-double this season and should have more rebounds than points on his average this season, to be honest, just because he's a way better defender and a way better rebounder than most Nick fans will give him credit for. And also, his offensive game has never been anything amazing to look at. Now, we all thought it would be better with Brunson, and maybe it will be over time, but I never expected him to get, you know, 20 points. If he gives me 10 points, 12, 14, 15 rebounds, and three, four blocks a game, I would be ecstatic with Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson had five blocks. He was a beast in the paint. And what Mitchell Robinson does when he's in the paint, even if he doesn't alter the shot by blocking it, he alters the shot by being there. When you play basketball, there are very brief moments that you have to think about what you're going to do. And if somebody impedes that thinking because they are playing at a high level or they're blocking so many shots that it makes you have to think, well, damn, if I shoot this shot here, is he going to get... Well, damn, if I shoot this shot here, is he going to block it? Is he going to make an attempt to block it? Oh, maybe I should shoot it this way or that way. Those judgment decisions that you make basketball players think in the moment, that alters their shot. That could potentially help them miss that shot. Mitchell Robinson, his presence and what he does on the defensive end of the floor is one of the main reasons why that happens. He has been a beast defensively when he's been playing this season. I know he's been injured the last few games and I don't like that, but this is the reason why we gave Mitch that contract. 
if you want to know why Isaiah Hartenstein probably will never start for this Knicks team, why you want to know why Mitchell Robinson is so important to this Knicks team, just watch the game against the Grizzlies. His defense and what he does on that end of the floor cannot be undersold. He is a defensive monster and one of the key reasons why we won this game. Five blocks? That's ridiculous. If Mitchell Robinson can up those rebounds and continue with these blocks and continue getting easy baskets when he can, I think Mitchell Robinson will have a very good season this year. And I think a lot of Nick fans who have been talking crap about him staying on the floor or you know, not being as sturdy as he, they would like him to be, I think you'll see a lot of that chatter die down. And you won't hear a lot of people talk about Mitchell Robinson in that negative light. So I think um, out of the positives from this game, Brunson and Mitch were two of the biggest bright spot of this game, two of the biggest reasons why this game was so fun to watch. And in my opinion, they've been two of the best Knicks on the floor when they've been playing this season, given what they do and how impactful they are to the game. So I definitely like seeing that. The next game the New York Knicks play are against the Detroit Pistons. That game is on November 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I think the Knicks will most likely win that game, not only because Detroit is young, but the Knicks also seem to do pretty well against the Detroit Pistons. And also you have to show up and beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. So I do hope the Knicks can uh, pull out a victory against the Pistons because after the Pistons game, the next game right after that on Wednesday, November 30th is against the Bucks at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And that is going to be one of the toughest games of this stretch coming up because the Bucks are no joke. Giannis is no joke. Drew Holiday is no joke. That team has been playing extremely good basketball this year. And I don't see that stopping when we face them on Wednesday. So the Knicks are going to have to play focused, committed, and absolutely locked in basketball in order to beat this Bucks team led by an MVP candidate in Giannis. Again, Knicks fans, final score, New York Knicks 123, Memphis Grizzlies 127. The New York Knicks lost this game and will be playing the Detroit Pistons. Uh, on November 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I can't wait to watch that game, and I really do hope the Knicks pull out the victory and destroy the Detroit Pistons because they not only have the talent to do so, but they need to do so because the next game against the Bucks will not be as easy. But until next time, Knicks fans, I appreciate you guys rocking with me. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. Talk to you later, guys. Peace. Three, two, one, yeah. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.